3: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar
1: Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. We are sponsored, as always, by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host for this special Inside Carolina Roundtable podcast, and I'm joined by Tommy Ashley, Buck Sanders, Greg Barnes, and Gregory Hall. Guys, Has been an unprecedented occurrence going on that everyone is obviously aware of with the pandemic caused by the coronavirus, COVID 19. So we figured we would convene because we've heard some a lot of people on message board asking, you know, what is inside Carolina going to do while there's no college sports? So we we figured we'd get the group together here because we had actually a correspondent who was in Greensboro when the decision came down to cancel the ACC tournament that was on the heels of several other conferences saying that they were going to cancel their tournaments. And from all reports, it was just a surreal situation. But, you know, Gregory, you were there in the building as the news was trickling out and there were social media posts about the different teams being on the court. Some were on the court at one point then they went into the locker rooms. Walk us through what was happening there amidst all that uncertainty about what the ACC was going to do on Thursday.
2: Yeah, so I got there right at the tail end of John Swafford's press conference with the media um when he was asked about what he was going to do and how they had decided to not do any fans. Um so there were no fans in the building and they let families in later, but in that press conference Swafford kind of said that uh he went wa- he was on the phone with the other major conference commissioners and they wanted to have like a consensus uh, of what to do and so at his knowledge at 11 a.m they were going to move forward with the tournament and he kind of said that um, he was asked about the difference between the NBA suspending their season since they had done that the night before uh, actually during the Carolina game Um, and he was talking about how well the NBA made the decision when one of their players contracted the virus Uh, he mentioned that was the biggest difference and you have to look at other things and other criteria and how to move forward with that. Um, he didn't really know the answer about whether or not they should cancel it because the NBA did and the ramifications with that. Um, and so then that ended around 11 Um, Florida state and Clemson were on the court doing their shoot around. Um, both teams went off after the shoot around and they came on to the bands. And at this point, Uh, The American Conference and the Big 12 or the Big Big 10 had canceled their tournament. So then the cancellation started rolling in, um, and all the media are on the court getting this in real time, seeing it on Twitter, seeing the statements being posted, and it's just kind of like the surreal thing about what is going on. Like Florida State is in front of me running their layup lines, having no idea what's going on, Clemson was doing their layup lines, and Clemson went off the court, and then it caught around around noon, and then the SEC had canceled it. So we really have no idea what's going on as far as the ACC. Considering Swafford had just come out and said that the big, the Power Five conferences, the major conferences, wanted a consensus amongst their commissioners. Well, that didn't seem to be the case. If these two teams are warming up, and the other conferences are canceling their tournament. Um, so then Florida State came out one more time around 1210, kind of 1215, their final warmups. So the schedule tip was 1230, but then Clemson never came out. So now we're kind of like, well, does Clemson know something that Florida State doesn't? Or maybe Clemson was being precautionary. We don't really know. I don't really know that answer. Uh, and then Florida State went off the court. And at this point, the only two conferences that hadn't canceled their tournaments were the Big East, who was playing. St. John's and Creighton were in the middle of their first half in the ACC. Um, and so on the court are each team's cheerleaders and the bands. And the bands are having like a, a, ba- a pet band off. Florida State's band is going at it. Clemson's band is going at it. Kind of back and forth deal. Um, and then the countdown to tip off clock stops right at 849. And then the, that stops, and then we all see on Twitter, the ACC releases a statement. The tournament was canceled, which at that point, we all knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. But it was eight minutes and 49 seconds till the teams were going to be introduced. Parents were in the stands. Um, but no one told the band or the cheerleaders that it had been canceled when we're on the, us journalists or on the court saying, hey, the tournament's done, not happening. Uh, people start getting to work. And then Swofford walks out. Uh, he grabs his microphone. Um, Florida State comes on the court. Clemson comes out of the court. Uh, Swafford explains his decision, talking about his precautionary measure um, and whatnot. and they, they felt like it was based on all the other tournaments canceling and everything that was going on that it just they couldn't have the tournament any longer. And then Florida State did their – They did the trophy presentation. Florida State was deemed the automatic qualifier to go to, the, to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, and then, yeah, and then Clemson was on the court. Swafford commended Clemson for being out there, um, and amongst the media swarm, and then it was over, like and then everyone got to work, and it was kind of this really surreal thing how a c c was essentially other than the Big East, which canceled it at halftime but the a c c was like the last conference, so it was a crazy thing about what is the a c c doing, considering ninety minutes ago, Swafford said it was continuing as planned, and then his hand was kind of forced, I guess we aren't really sure. With all the other conferences, so it was it was a weird, weird scene for sure.
0: Yeah, Swafford didn't have a choice. Uh, when we were watching the North Carolina-Syracuse game on Wednesday night. I guess it was about halftime that we started to hear there are some rumblings that this tournament may not continue, uh, and we actually thought that it may come out right after that Carolina game. And as we're working into the night, I think I posted my article. <laughs> like 3 a.m., we still hadn't heard anything. So we're saying, well, I wonder what's going to happen. And then Swafford comes out the next morning, says the tournament is going to go on. But after he said that, uh, it, was, it was Duke that made the decision for the ACC. And Vincent Price, who was the president at Duke, uh, notified uh, everybody in the ACC that we, as of this point, are, are not participating and that when it comes time for Duke to take the court, and I guess they were playing, I believe they were playing state, correct? At the 2 o'clock game, Duke was not going to be there. And at that point, if you don't have Duke, you don't have an ACC tournament. And so that's really what forced the ACC's hand. And I think ultimately Duke kind of led the charge. I think Arizona State hopped in, Kansas hopped in. Uh, and, and all that rapidly led to the NCAA tournament uh, being canceled, and we can get into the NCAA side of things. But there's a good reason why the NCAA was so late in making that decision, because of money, uh, and they ultimately had their hands forced by schools that were more worried about their student athletes than, than about the money.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament here in a little bit, but you know, keeping it focused on the ACC tournament for now. Tommy, you've been covering Carolina for a long, long time. What were your thoughts when you were sitting there following along on social media and the if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen about the ACC tournament?
4: You know, kind of like Greg said, as soon as the NBA canceled their stuff or suspended their league, I knew it was done and I knew it was going to be done across the way. You know, we had talked about around the water cooler, as soon as a player or an official or somebody has it, gets tested positive then it's over for all sports Um, and it was only a matter of time after uh, Rudy Gobert's announcement the NCAA or excuse me then you know the NBA did what they have to do and then everybody followed suit it's just bizarre I I mean I don't know any other way to express the thought process because it's never been that way you know a lot of people have said "Well, well what what are you going to do now or what's next or, you know, what's inside Carolina do next? And we'll talk about that down the road in this podcast. It's, the answer is I don't know. You know, I can't believe that the ACC tournament was canceled. After Carolina was out, probably wouldn't watch that much anyway. And same goes for the NCAA tournament. But just for the fact, especially sitting at home this weekend, watching them show um, old games – Big Ten championships and all those things—it's just a bizarre situation that I, I don't think I personally may never be able to wrap my head around. I'm not sure anybody else will either.
1: Bizarre is definitely the word that I would use to describe it as well. And Buck, you know, we saw some people on social media and even on Inside Carolina maybe be critical the ACC on both sides: one for taking too long to make the decision, and number two. For possibly being too hasty, but I think this was just an unprecedented event, and I think Swofford, you know, kind of did the best that he could with it, because there are a ton of different factors that have to play into this, but player safety, fan safety has to be number one, and I think that's what led to this. I mean, the delay is what it is, but I think at, at the end of the day, they just figured it was way too risky to continue on with the tournament
3: unprecedented to an extent yes um now uh there was a period of time i wasn't alive then just so that y'all know and i'm not talking about the civil war it was like uh world war ii uh when world war ii came along you know they canceled uh basically had no real college football during that time or college basketball completely different era, not the same at all in terms of the focus and the money and uh, uh social media and the expectations and all of that not not the same at all but uh, the more I thought about it today, the more I thought about, well, you know we we're in uncharted territory uh to an extent, but you know during times of a real national uh emergency national crisis situation closest I can get to it is, you know, world war two. Um, and, uh, you know, where, you know, basically they just suspended, uh, college football and what there was of college basketball then, uh, you know, for the duration. And so, you know, uh, I, I get it. I understand what's going on and, you know, how impactful it is today as compared to then not the same at all really in terms of all of the things that are uh you know going on uh but you know w- there has been a time in, an, in our nation's history where this sort of thing where external events have created a situation where sports just had to be on halt and and that's the similarity i mean when you've got something like the coronavirus going on and You know, in some instances, in some way of speaking, I almost would rather see an overreaction than an underreaction. So, uh, I'm looking at it from that perspective that, um, you know, the fact that they're doing it now may, you know, pay dividends down the road. So,
1: um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then moving on to the NCAA tournament, it was announced shortly thereafter the ACC and the rest of the conferences that they had canceled their conference tournaments that the NCAA tournament itself would also not go on this season. And Greg, I saw a couple reports that it was actually the ACC that was kind of the first conference that said we would not be sending teams into the NCAA tournament. And that was kind of the the leading event that led to that tournament being canceled, did you guys get feedback on that? That actually was the ACC that was the first conference to step forward and say, we're not going to be sending teams if you guys are going forward as planned?
0: I don't know if the ACC was the first. You know What we do know is that the Ivy League really got all this started uh, when they canceled their tournament. But what the Ivy League said is, you know, our regular season men's and women's champions, they will receive the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. And so the next step was, okay, what happens along the lines of what you're, you're talking about here? Uh, and, again, you know, Duke and Kansas, and I think Arizona State was the other one, Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong there, were really the first three schools. So when you factor in Duke and his ties to the ACC, maybe that is the case. Uh, but that's what it was going to take for this tournament not to happen because uh, you guys know I'm not a, a big NCAA fan. I think they run some great tournaments and that's really about the extent of their, their worth to the college landscape, but because they've mismanaged college football as poorly as they have, their only moneymaker is this tournament. They bring in over $800 million just from their TV deal with this tournament, which is roughly 75% of their revenue for the year. This is how they make money. And so to this day, and you know, we'll never know, I don't think they would have taken the proactive step of canceling it unless legitimate big-time programs like a Duke and a Kansas had made the decision for them. Uh, And then what you saw after the NCAA made that decision, everything kind of spirals quickly, uh, and we get to the point, which we can talk about in a minute, about their decisions about spring athletes and and potentially with, with the winter sports as well.
1: Gregory, what was the atmosphere like on UNC's campus when all of this was happening? Obviously Carolina had already been knocked out of the ACC tournament by the time that conference championship was canceled and then Carolina was not making the NCAA tournament either, but still, I mean, you know, UNC have a very active student body when it comes to sports. So what were you hearing from your students, your fellow classmates about all this as it was happening in real time?
2: Well, I believe it was Wednesday when UNC announced that they were extending spring break and then moving to online classes. Um, so what I was hearing from my, my friends and classmates and whatnot, I mean, the Thursday and Friday, like those first round games on Thursday and Friday are a lot of sports fans Christmas day, right? I mean, you're sitting there from noon till midnight watching games all day and now a lot of people don't have class on Fridays uh, so that doesn't like I don't have class on Friday so I could watch games all day long people watch them on their computers in class with technology now you can do that but the excitement was kind of like with that extra spring break week when the March Madness tournament was starting I mean people are gonna be camping out watching games all day so that was kind of what everyone's idea was some seniors were like, oh, man, I'm not going to be on campus for my last two months, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, I mean, that's where the excitement was, right, because you get to watch those games. Um, and then that was canceled. And, I mean, you guys know, just like we've been talking about with myself, like myself, y'all, sports fans all around are just kind of like, well, what do we do now? Um, and so now the vibe, the vibe on campus shifted from, man, no sports to – well, how am I going to graduate and things like that? So the, the shift from worrying about sports to other things was pretty quick. Um, but yeah, initially it was like, man, no class on Thursday. I'm going to sit back, not leave my couch and watch 12 hours of basketball.
1: Let me go ahead and take a quick commercial break before we hear more from Tommy and Buck. And I'm going to let everyone know that if you need to buy Carolina gear, the place you need to head to is Giant T-Shirt and dot shirtcom They have been tremendous friends of Inside Carolina and UNC for decades. You can find everything that you could want for the spring and summer there at their location on Franklin Street. They have the absolute best customer service. If you can't make it to Chapel Hill, you can always shop online at JohnTShirt.com. And also, if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get 10% off of your orders either in-store or online. You can get that 10% off code from the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's John T-Shirt and T shirtcom your place to go for Carolina gear. So, Tommy, with the NCAA tournament, I mean, I, I agree with Greg. I was honestly a little bit shocked when the news came out that they actually were going to go ahead and cancel it before the games even kicked off. I mean, just because of the monetary reason there, when that news was trickling out, I mean, before the actual announcement came, did you think they were going to cancel that tournament? And then once that, decision was made what was your reaction to that
4: you know I kind of hit on it a little bit I, I, was I surprised that the NCAA did it yes for many of the same reasons Greg talked about it's kind of like the uh the business that makes all their money in December at Christmas time you know you can't cancel Christmas for those businesses, but they do. And bad things happen. So the NCAA has all this money wrapped up in the tournament. I didn't think they would um, do it lightly. So props to Duke and Kansas and Arizona State and whoever else that was involved with that to get that to happen. Because I, I don't think you can have that tournament as bad as people think, you know, Buck mentioned this. I'd rather it be an overreaction and we come back later and say, yeah, it was a lot of overreaction than an underreaction and a lot of bad stuff has happened. That's always been my approach to all this kind of stuff. So when this was happening, they had to do it. They had to cancel it out. Because, look, you had – was it a a ref in the CAA conference um, UNCW game? He tests positive how many people are going to get it a mention go bear you know there's there's just no way without knowing the details of this virus that you could put non-paid athletes in a situation to perform while the big wigs made millions of dollars and the nca came to that you know that realization there and canceled it now how do i feel about it you know it sucks not being able to watch basketball I'm binging Narcos. You ask what people are doing. Netflix stocks probably through the roof because that's all I've been doing is watching that kind of stuff. But what do people like Greg and Gregory and Ross and all the sports writers and all the people that are involved in this, what do they do? That's what I'd be interested in hearing from Greg Barnes um, is what do you do for the next, however long this goes on? Because I'm not sure that it's not going to go on through at least the summer, and see how it's affected. So to make a a short story very long, John, I'm not surprised the NCAA ultimately canceled, but left to their own devices, I don't think they would have.
1: And I think if, if you go with that line of thinking, it really just does come down to the fact that this is the event that makes the NCAA their money. So, you know, Buck, I'll pose to you that same question. And let's go ahead and actually start um, discussing the ramifications now that the NCAA is going to have an entire calendar year without those millions of dollars. So after you give us your reaction to the NCAA tournament being canceled, go ahead and let's start touching on what do you think this means for college basketball and all of college sports in the years to come?
3: Well, you know, I don't know who said it. Somebody said on the podcast here that they were surprised that the NCAA canceled. And I was not surprised in the least that they canceled. You know, the the NCAA is under a huge microscope now for, you know, the name, image, and likeness thing that uh, college football players are not getting paid, that uh, they're being treated like a uh, indentured servants at best. Uh, I won't use the S word uh, in there to to avoid being hyperbolic, but you know, you, you've got these amateurs that are in school that are not getting paid and you're going to put them on the court when the night before the NBA, where their players are making mega bucks, uh, you know, uh, you see things like, you know, Zion Williamson, uh, you know saying that you know he's going to pay the salaries of the uh, the folks that work there in new orleans for a a month or whatever it was uh he can afford to do that he's a, he's getting paid huge bucks but uh, the 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 problem here is ncaa has been under such a microscope about how they treat student athletes from the transfer rules to name, image, and likeness stuff, and, you know, they're going to, you know, Congress saying, hey, you need to help us out here with some legislation. To put those amateurs on the court and, and force them to play in that situation, uh, you know, the PR alone, I know it's going to cost them millions of dollars, and they might not be prepared for it at all. It wouldn't shock me if they are unprepared. If, if they were prepared, they wouldn't be the NCAA. But uh, there was just from a PR perspective, they just could not go forward with the NCAA tournament under those uh, circumstances. Um, What's next? Uh, You know, Tommy and Greg and Gregory can all chime in, but nobody knows what's next. That's, That's the long and the short of it. We don't know what the, you know, the peak, of, uh, you know, this uh, pandemic is going to be, how long it's going to last. We don't know if warmer weather is going to affect it. We don't know if it's seasonal. Um, We don't know any of that right now. There's a lot more we don't know than what we do know. So to speculate what's going to happen going forward, you know, uh, there's best case and there's worst case and typically all of these situations uh fall in between those two but as far as actually knowing what's going to happen none of us uh know that at this point
2: buck i definitely agree with you as far as the paid or aren't playing with the nba players so making the these college athletes play is definitely not the right thing to do but from the athlete perspective especially seniors Like, I mean, we saw how tore up Brandon Robinson was losing on on Wednesday to Syracuse and knowing that his season was over. But he kind of had that closure that, okay, this was his last game. But other – I mean, look at Dayton, San Diego State. Like, there are seniors on those teams with those teams are in a position that they – might not be in for a very long time, that have worked their butts off to get there, and then they're not they're not playing because the tournament's canceled. Like I, I understand and I totally believe it should be canceled, but from that athlete perspective, like they've got to be torn up. And I mean today was selection Sunday. Today was going to be a great day for a lot of kids and a lot of people and seniors that aren't going to play in the NBA. They're not going to play at the next level, but they're good enough to be in the NCAA tournament and to be in the greatest event that there might ever be in. Like, that is very hard. And so, like, I, as far as the decision goes, they, they made the right one. But I think that kind of plays into why it took so long other than the money.
3: Well, you know, Gregory, I, I don't think the – the NCAA gave the feelings of those seniors that were involved two thoughts. I I don't think that came into play for the NCAA's decision at all. And as far as those uh, teams you mentioned and the players on it and selection Sunday and playing in the greatest event, you know, all of that is true. I don't think that was the basis of anything the NCAA was going to do, but that also applies to senior baseball players, senior, uh, track and field people, uh, tennis players, uh, on and on down the list spring and, you know, spring sports all were canceled. And those guys didn't even get to have a season, you know, I mean, they're just basically cut out of the picture altogether. And it's not that I don't feel for those people. I do, you know, I, it's got to be crushing that, uh, you know, you here you are, you're all psyched about your, you know, you got a great team and, you know, I don't know, I, take the top ten uh, baseball teams in baseball America for, the you know, uh, college, and they're all revved up, ready to go for the baseball season. All of a sudden, they don't even get to play, you know, a quarter of their games or, you know, an eighth of their games, whatever it worked out to be. So I feel bad for those players. But at the same time, going back to what I said before, um, the NCAA just could not have that situation where NBA players that are making millions of dollars get to sit out because of the risk to them of the coronavirus where college players have to go out there and and subsume that risk. And, you know, the fact that uh, – and I think Tommy's got something to say about this too, but, you know, the fact that for the spring athletes, you know, they've given them an extra year of eligibility. So at least that's something that the NCAA has done that they've, they've got more on their table and there's going to be a lot of making it up as they go from here on out, particularly because of the unknown, which we've already talked about, but uh, again, I think the overriding point was you can't have these amateurs out there exposing them to this risk so the NCAA can make 80, $800 million, whatever it is.
4: And Buck, to your point there, it, which is why I said I was surprised they 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 did, if left to their own devices, I don't think they would have canceled it. But they had to, like you said, because of what was all going around. Because I agree with you. I don't think uh, player safety or the concern for these athletes and their in early end of their season played into the decision. I don't think it did. And maybe that makes me really anti-NCAA. But I agree that I think that it was the, the optic and – uh, all of that stuff that the n c a s hand was forced, and thus they had to cancel the tournament now, all of that leads and i don 't want to jump over on John leading into the next discussion, but I think we do need to discuss the scholarship deal, um especially spring sports that 's a given they should get an extra year. you know, good luck on the teams and the coaches figuring out how to do it um, but I think there is a very ripe discussion that we can have on. The, the winter sports do they get an extra year and i'm not so sure that should be the case but you you guys may have differing opinions and then john i'm sorry because i know we were going there but i kind of jumped out of the boat first um, so i'll let you lead into it
1: oh, no worries man it, it's that podcast host mentality but this was the uh the roundtable discussion so no worries but you know we have not heard from greg barnes over there He's just been sitting silent so I'm going to give him the the first crack at this one. Greg, just let's go ahead and dive into those scholarships. How envious are you of the people that have to come up with a workable plan to not only deal with the scholarship limits on the spring sports, considering that coaches recruited already, basically, for incoming classes, but also have to deal with the fall sport question?
0: Well, I'm always going to fall on the side of the student-athlete. So if you want to give these guys and girls an extra year of eligibility, have at it. And I think uh, to make that works pretty easy, you just for one year, uh, basically you're removing the scholarship limits for a team so that instead of 13 basketball scholarships, you've got 15 or 16, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever that total may be. But to get into the nuance of it, let's take North Carolina for a good example. North Carolina's season ended on Wednesday. I covered the game. They were done. They were playing no more games. And over 80% of the country is kind of in the same boat. The 353 Division I basketball teams, only 68 make it to the NCAA tournament. Now, you can say, well, NIT is a good tournament too. Yes, but if you want to make the case that your teams are robbed of their opportunity to play for a national championship, we're talking about the NCAA tournament. So 19.3% of teams in the country make the big dance. That's what we're talking about here. And then you get into the conversation of, okay, what are we, what are we valuing with these scholarships, right? Is the only reason the kid comes to school to have the opportunity to win a national championship, or is there more there? We, in other words, are we buying into the student part of the student athlete phrase? Where, where do academics fall into this? Uh, where does the camaraderie of having being part of a team, all those kind of things, are I think critical discussion points here. And I think we're you, depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer. Um, but you know, I, mean, I think I think the triangle has a very unique uh, test case with this, right? We know that Carolina was done. They were not going anywhere. They're going home. They're going to watch the NCAA tournament on their couch. They weren't going to get a bid to the NIT. Duke, we know they were in the NCAA tournament. They were probably going to be, I don't know, maybe a three seed, maybe a four, depending on how they did in uh, Greensboro. And then you got NC State, who, if there was ever a team on the NCAA tournament bubble, it's the Wolfpack. So they may or may not have gotten into the tournament, but they'd they at least had a chance, right? If they'd have won a couple more games in this is the tournament, they'd have gotten there. Um, and so you, w- what do you do there? Like Duke, we know that they had a chance and those guys are going to be robbed uh, of an opportunity to play in the tournament. So do they get it and North Carolina doesn't get it? I don't think you can do that. I think you have to say yay or nay wholeheartedly, but that's going to lead to these questions of, wait a minute, Carolina wasn't any good this year. What do they get another chance? And uh, I think that's that's the dialogue that's inevitably going to happen, and I don't know that there's a right answer, but but I'm dying to hear yours, guys.
1: All right. Someone jump on in. Who's got, got the first opinion?
4: I, well, Greg, I agree with you. I think if they do it for we all agree that spring sports, they all should get their year back. Everybody agrees with that. But if they do it in college basketball, for example, then everybody's got to get it. I don't care how bad a team uh, played or how bad they were. You can't differentiate that. What about the number one seed and, you know, the Miak or whoever that got upset in the first round who had their best team ever? And I'm just using that conference as an example because I don't have any idea what really happened there. But you have that team. that's their best team ever and they got upset in the first round is the and they're not going to make the tournament they won't make the NCAA tournament so is their season quote over so therefore it doesn't apply to them I don't think you can do that you know does does Brandon Robinson have a right to come back if he wants to sure if you're going to have that you know for a team like Dayton god they'd love to have all their guys back and make another run at it same with Florida State but the issue is, is how do you apply that? You say you waive the scholarship limit and you have more scholarships. It's not that easy uh, to manage. It's, it's easy to say it, but to manage it, it's not that easy. But who's to say Duke doesn't lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament or the second round or or the, or the Sweet 16? How do you waive? Do you give um, their seniors a full year or do you give them what games they missed. So they missed three games in the ACC tournament, a possible six in the NCAA tournament. You give them nine games to start the season. I don't know how you manage it. There's no way in hell the NCAA is going to figure out how to do it. The only way they could remotely do it is it would have to be a blanket type thing that every team gets it. And I just think that'll be a cluster. You know, life is not fair. The sooner most college students learn that, the better we all are. That's just my get-off-my-loan type opinion, I guess.
2: And as far as college basketball, I mean, it's not the only winter sport, right? Um, I mean, I'm, more, I'm closest with swimming, and their NCAA championships was supposed to be um, next week and the week after that. The women were first, and then the men followed. And I have a lot of close friends on the NC State swimming team and I reached out to them just to get their thoughts and to like say, sorry that this is happening because I under like with a sport like swimming, the regular season does not matter any close to as much as it does in say basketball or football, right? Because those meets are just kind of going through the motions. Um and then they've got one big meet in the middle that they're trying to qualify for the NCAAs, and then they've got their conference meet that they're trying to last chance qualify for the NCAAs but the NCAAs is everything in a sport sport like that with swimming. The main thing is Olympic trials, which is every four years. Well, those are coming up in June. So NCAAs is even a tune up for that. So when you're looking outside of just college basketball, there are other sports where they went through their season and the peak, which obviously the NCAA tournament for basketball is also the peak. It's a little different against some random team is different than a regular season game where if you lose in basketball, it really hurts your season. It can. Um, So that's where it gets tricky with winter sports because yes, basketball is the pinnacle. It's the main winter sport, but you have these other athletes so that if you give it to basketball, you've got to give it to everyone. Similar to your thing, Tommy, about, well, if you give it to the teams that didn't make the NCAA tournament, you have to give it to the teams that weren't going to make it.
1: And in keeping a little bit in line with what you said, Gregory, I mean, there's also looking on the NCAA website right here, I mean, you have national collegiate bowling, fencing, gymnastics, ice hockey, diving, track and field and wrestling that are all listed as winter sports. And mm-hmm. as most of our listeners know, you know, a lot of those are are sports that have partial scholarships. You may have a couple guys or women that are all on full rides. But I would wager that probably a majority of them are not, that they're actually, you know, pursuing other careers while also giving their time and effort towards a sport and on a partial scholarship. So, you know, I think that a lot of kids are gonna have an interesting question to ask themselves is if they're granted that extra year, do they take it or is someone that maybe is pursuing, you know, like an engineering degree, do they go ahead and go to grad school or do they stick around for another year and um and what's the scholarship weight then at that point point? and you know where does where is the money gonna come from for these scholarships? Greg, you know, after hearing kind of the thoughts from Tommy and Gregory, what's your take on that, man?
0: Yeah, the the cost of the scholarships is is kind of where I was going. Um you know, there the NCAA big report a couple of years ago is is a little bit dated now, but I think it was a ten year report uh four or five years ago. Found that uh like only 20% of Division One schools actually made money. And, you know, we're, we're talking, I think, baseball, UNC, and, and UNC and uh, women's basketball tend to be the, the biggest uh, net losses in terms of revenue. You know, baseball, I don't know what it is last year. We don't know really we have that data yet. But typically, baseball is right around a million dollars that it loses every year. Uh, and so if we're talking about not only Uh, granting scholarships for another year, but expanding that roster, I mean, now you're talking about a more significant hole. And uh, one of the the big things about paying players, of course, is, well, we don't have money to do that. And this is, I mean, as I've said before, I I, I try to maintain uh, and and be non-biased, but I do have a bias against NCAA. And I can just see them using this situation of like, Hey, look, you know what? We, we did this thing for a year. We allow teams to go into, to use more money. Uh, we actually help them with some of that. And so we just don't have money in this conversation that we're having about paying players. I, I could see them using that as, as political uh, warfare, but may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just getting old and skeptical and, and all those kind of things. But I do think that is a significant issue.
1: All right, Buck, we haven't heard from you yet, so let's go ahead and wrap up this portion of the podcast with this. Turn it over to you. You know, what we're not talking
3: about really is the elephant in the room as far as scholarships go and, you know, how to uh, restart them or give people an extra year and so on and so forth. If the data I'm seeing on the pandemic, I mean, there is no guarantee there, there is going to be uh, winter sports in 2020. I mean, I, don't shoot the messenger here. You know, don't everybody freak out and say, oh, Buck is saying this. I'm just, what happens if, okay, they, they give all the basketball players an extra year, and then when basketball season starts, it gets canceled again? It gets canceled from the start in November of next year. Uh, Or what if football is uh, canceled or delayed? I mean, there's no guarantees. We're in uncharted territory here. We don't know what's going to happen. The uh, possibility of a vaccine seems to be a long ways off. And... uh, you know, there's there's a lot going on in terms of you know how many cases are going to have, and uh, you know what it's going to look like. What's what's it going to look like in July, late July, when they're getting ready to start fall camp? Where are we going to be at in terms of how rapidly is this increasing? So uh, you know, football season, I'm just saying, could get canceled, and if, uh, if that gets canceled, maybe basketball gets season gets canceled. So then what do you do? And there's not going to be any money coming in. That's the second point of that. It, I mean, there'll be money coming in, I assume from some sources, I don't know what ESPN would do or other television networks would do if there was no season, but certainly there's not going to be any season ticket sales. So how do you fund all of those scholarships and so on and so forth? How do you fund the athletic department where you're not able to sell football or basketball tickets? So there, there is so much yet we don't know. Like I started out in, in this podcast saying, there's so much more we don't know than what we do know. So a, a lot of those things are going to just have to be figured out as we go along, and a lot of it's going to depend on you know, how the pandemic plays out. Uh, there's so much that we don't know. Um, so, I, you know, to give everybody in winter sports another year, of, you know, of, of uh, another scholarship when, you know, the, basically just the postseason was uh, done away with, the implications of that, if, if a lot of other things get canceled going forward, th- then you're just, layering on additional financial requirements on uh, universities that may or may not have season ticket sales for either football or basketball. So it's a little crazy to think about now, but we'll just have to see how it plays
1: out. We definitely will. And I think one of the overall points to remember is that as we all sit here, we're discussing this from, you know, the collegiate and a UNC specific point of view. But the decisions on what sports are going to occur and what not, those are going to be driven by you know, what's safe for people. And I think that is still, we would all agree, is the most important thing is, like you said, Buck, we do not know what the future holds here. But those decisions are going to be have to made, taking into consideration what is going to be best at a community, at a state, at a nationwide level for the health of people. And that is the most important thing. I mean, all this other stuff about the money and the scholarships. Yes, that is important to our Inside Carolina leader, to our Inside Carolina readership, everyone listening to this podcast. But still, I think that just is part of the unknown is, if it is unsafe to have football, then you can't have football. And that's kind of the bottom line here. And that's why it is a very uncertain and, to be frank, just a very scary time. Let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast with a little bit of more talk about that potential future. We're not going to get into the realm of speculation, but just as we sit here now, what we think some just best educated thoughts might be, that's what we will get to. Let's go ahead, though, and take a brief commercial break. When we get back, let's go ahead and have that final part of the podcast. So stay tuned.
4: Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your
2: podcasts.
0: All the best from Big Beats. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. <laughs> citizen of the united states i'm a hustler i'm a big taylor swift fan i'm the queen of the tribe I'm a survivor. i am playing whatever role i gotta play
4: i'm gonna play this game for speed
2: i ain't going down like no punk
1: <laughs> a new survivor wednesday on cbs and streaming on paramount plus Plus. and we're back with the inside carolina podcast Jonathan siegley here with the inside carolina roundtable of tommy ashley buck sanders greg barnes gregory hall So, guys, let's go ahead and transition then to that uncertain future because, like Buck said, I mean, football is not a guaranteed yet. So, Tommy, as we sit here in March, it may be unfathomable to some people, but really a decision about that is going to have to be made at some point. I mean, if football really is in danger, I mean, that pays the bills at most colleges for every other sport. But what's your thinking on that, and do you think that a decision on that may be able to occur over the summer? Do you think it might be closer to when the season's actually going to start? You know, without I'm not a scientist. I've been watching a lot of stuff. It's
4: hard to know what to watch and what to ultimately believe. But, you know, I don't think that discussion or that debate is – You know, up for really, we even need to discuss until we get much, much closer to it. Now, if we're in June or July and we're still in the same situation where things are shut down and all, then then it becomes a viable discussion. But you know, I think we let it play out, and and what happens? It is interesting, um, you know. And everybody talks about in the you know with the NCAA tournament, you got Dayton, Florida State, all those teams. I mean there's going to be a lot of hype going into this season and it's going, you know, there's going to be thoughts of the unknown thinking about what happens if it doesn't happen. But again, for our purposes and I, you know, Buck can come and shut me down if he would like on it. And Greg too, I, I don't think we need to really look too terribly far out and play it up um, until we get there. Now I do think if nothing's gotten better and we're in the same boat, then absolutely. It's not happening. And how they deal with it, who knows? Because it it will move into bizarre. It will move beyond bizarre and into just um, where do we go from here, you know, life-changing, earthquake-to-the-system type decisions to be made. So, you know, I don't necessarily want to go there. I don't even want to think about that because I can deal with not having basketball in the NCAA tournament and then – you know, I don't watch a ton of baseball on TV, but um, you start getting into the football season, and that's where the big situations start to arise. So we'll just have to see.
1: Greg, let me get your thoughts on what Tommy just said and also have a question for you after you get done with that part. The fall sports, they are doing their off-season conditioning now. I mean, it was already announced that Carolina's football team will not be doing their normal um, OTAs and their normal off season workouts. And that's going to be the same for basically every fall team as we sit here now. So how do you think that will also impact teams moving forward into the 2020 season?
0: Well, yeah, I think, I think Tommy's own point. I think, I think bucks brings up a very good point. You know, I think some of the, some of the CDC modeling suggests that uh, this thing is going to extend into the summertime, uh, depending on, you know, how we, uh, handle, uh, I guess we're kind of past containment at this point, but in terms of how we uh, mitigate the the damage um, through, through various means that, that we're we're trying to get done as a government and as a country. Um, and so I think at this point, it's, it's really too early to speculate. And I, I know that you know, North Carolina uh, is, is taking classes and kind of shut down everything for a couple of weeks. But I mean, like just today, this thing's moving so quickly in terms of uh, people making adjustments. I mean, New York City schools, public schools was announced today. It's going to be shut down until April 20th. Uh, Ohio's governor is saying that, you know, they may not have school public schools for the rest of the year, meaning, you know, into June. And so that's a, that's a pretty big uh, leap that we're talking about. And instead of it being two weeks, it could extend. We're talking about maybe into June already, you know, with the governor saying that in Ohio. Is he overstating that? Possibly, we don't know. Um, but you, it's at least out there in terms of communication, and so yeah, this very likely could could happen. Um, how does UNC handle? Uh, I don't think the I don't think the football uh, practices is that big of a deal. I think the bigger issue is the strength and conditioning. And I'm sure they will figure out a way to do that. I mean, you know, we're we're just trying to get some interviews with, with coaches and players, even if it's over the phone in the next couple of weeks, just to kind of get some content generated. Uh, and I don't think UNC's even figured out exactly how they want to handle that, let alone you know, what can you do to keep the team operating at a significant clip uh, when you're in a situation where you're really, you can't do everything that you want to do. You know, if you're not wanting to have practice because uh, you everything that takes place and the NCAA has, or the ACC at least has required that you don't for a period of time, uh, what can you do? And I think those are questions that are being asked. Those are an- questions that we're trying to get answers to. And so I think they're taking it day by day, week by week. And so I think it's going to be a couple weeks before we can pose any kind of answer, legitimate answer to that. And then even then, it's going to be completely uh, subjective in terms of you know, maybe this will happen. Maybe it won't. We're just going to play it by ear. And I think that's how it's going to be for most of us in the U S for the weeks, if, if not months to come.
2: As far as missing spring workouts for football, um, I think it's kind of interesting that, I mean, other programs and other teams, uh, had already started their spring workouts before spring break. Um, I know Clemson had – I think Clemson got like eight workouts in. Um, App State got a few. I have a friend who plays for Vanderbilt. They started. um, So some programs have already had workouts. I mean, not the full thing, but then there's a team like UNC that hasn't had any. Um, So I think that's interesting. I don't know how much that will play into it um, as far as how important seeing your team is in the spring even a few times versus none. I just think that's interesting that some programs have had spring practices and Carolina hasn't.
4: Buck, I I would ask you um, to get your thoughts on this before we move to a little bit lighter. Tell me what Mike Ingersoll and Brian Chakos would say about the prospect of senior, or excuse me, of spring practice being canceled.
3: Well, uh, I think there would be partying involved and refreshing adult beverages if if back in their day if they had spring practice uh canceled you know I, I think i'm right about this i forget who it was but i think i read somewhere of at, at a spring practice a, a fairly well known player for a fairly well known program blew out a knee in spring practice or something and uh you know the second or third practice blew out an mcl or something how bad did that staff feel now And, you know, one thing we know for sure that without spring practice, uh, the potential of uh, having players hurt, uh, you know, during spring practice. I remember when uh, Algae Crumpler went down during spring practice during the Torbush years. So there's that. I think that, uh, you know, Brian Hess asked that spring practice be delayed so that they could have additional two weeks of, uh, strength and conditioning in, and, you know, I, I assume they're still having, uh, strength and conditioning things. Uh, that's something that we're still going to have to get information from, you know, next week, but you know, you, you got 10 young guys in the, or 20 young guys at a time in the weight room with young instructors. It looks like the risk of that would be low, but Um, So, you know, and back to, you know, Tommy's point about not bringing it up about football season or not bringing it up about basketball season. I only brought it up in the context of the scholarship discussion. If you were to award scholarships to, you know, all the the students that played winter sports, uh, give them another year of eligibility without even knowing there's going to be a season the following year and no ticket sales, then, and Greg mentioned earlier, only about 20 uh, Division I programs even turned to profit. Uh, that would just be disastrous. I mean, you're, you're just asking for massive financial problems. Uh, so that's the only reason I brought up the whole, uh, you know, what happens, uh, you know, if uh, with regard to football and basketball seasons but um you know I, i'm being encouraged by my cohorts here to move on to what we're doing when there are no sports to watch and i'll go first and i'll let whoever raps wraps we have a new puppy in the household Um, uh, so uh, a nine week old puppy in the house so we have plenty of things to occupy us in terms of uh you know, all the things you have to teach a dog, you know, when they first arrive to your house in terms of their bathroom etiquette and all that. So uh, I, I haven't had much uh, opportunity to really miss uh, sports programming, you know, over the last week or so. Um, but, you know, whoever wants to go next with how you're filling your time during the uh, uh, sports deficit we're experiencing right now, uh, you, can, you can go there.
1: Let's go ahead and start with the youngest, Gregory. What are you doing now on campus without any sports to watch, man?
2: Well, I spent—I uh, think I logged twelve hours on PlayStation yesterday, and so then my mother kicked me out of the house today, and I spent the last six hours at the park getting my butt whooped by some seventh graders at soccer and wiffle ball. So, uh, why am I not? I'm, I'm feeling. <laughs> Which part? Getting kicked out of the house or getting my butt whooped?
4: All, all of it, all together. Because the twelve, <laughs> the, the twelve hours of PlayStation leads to the butt kicking by the seventh grader.
3: <laughs> Greg, Greg, I wouldn't even yeah. have asked Tommy that question.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I set myself up. We, uh, we played five innings of four v four, and I lost. My team lost six to five, and I, they, uh, seventh graders did a Gatorade shower in celebration. It was, uh, <laughs> it was fun stuff.
1: Nice. Greg Barnes, were you ever a a gamer growing up? Could you ever spend 12 hours just sitting down there in front of a TV screen or computer screen, knocking out whatever, Atari, you know, I don't know, Greg, what were the popular games that were out there when you were growing up?
0: I did play some Atari, but Nintendo came out kind of the mid to late 80s, which is when I was uh, seven, eight years old. And so okay. I latched on to that. But if I, if I tried playing video games for more than like an hour, I'd get beat. Um, so I, I never grew up kind of as a, as a video junkie, but my, my kids trending that way. Uh, so that's not really in my DNA. And I'm not really a TV watcher. We've got a few shows that we'll watch. Uh, mainly I'll watch sports and that's it. And so uh was at a friend's house earlier today and, uh, there was a rugby match and I was like great is this live and he's like nope so the only thing we've been able to find is badminton and bowling uh and so that that's about the extent and that that's driving me crazy so i'm going to yeah, have to you're uh, going to have
3: to widen your field of interest greg i
0: am i am you should so, you uh, should go to the bowling alley and take up bowling yourself yeah maybe maybe and uh, the fact that the uh the schools are closed ah. Uh, yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) work really hard to find uh put a lot of pressure on unc to give us access to players and coaches so i can uh fill my time appropriately and not be driven crazy by the by the young ones who are celebrating because they don't have school for two weeks at least
1: see i'm not even gonna ask tommy the video game question we all know what the answer is to that so you know tommy what what are you doing nowadays out there and uh what do you mean?
3: What do you mean, John? You don't think Tommy could be a uh, gamer?
1: Do gamer
3: interests? I thought Come you on, knew man. me, man.
1: Yeah, go well, ahead and what's name up with that. That. N- name three different gaming stations, Tommy. Well, no, you see, Tommy's got older kids though, so of course mm. you know what they are because you had to buy them for him. My kids are
4: the luckiest teenagers ever because I look. I was playing Sega Bulls versus Lakers with. Uh, Brian Reese, Derek Phelps, and all those guys in Granville Towers back in the day, um, unfortunately, being old now, I've still got it all. I mean, I'm staring at a Xbox One X, PlayStation 4. My kids have all those things, too. Um Gregory, what's your gamer tag, man? I'm a, I'm Carolina 93 on Xbox and PlayStation if you want to get your butt whipped by a grown-up, too.
2: I will take you in some 2K or whatever you got.
4: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've been watching TV. Um, I tried to watch that rugby match. I, saw, I thought it was live, though, Greg. I'm disappointed that it wasn't live. I watched some of that. I can't figure the rules out there. I do enjoy watching cricket, so if they throw some cricket on there, Um, that would be an interesting watch, but I've been, uh, like I said earlier, I've been binging Narcos and, um, got through the first season this weekend, working through that, learning a little bit about Pablo Escobar and all, but unfortunately, um, or fortunately for me, I got an Apple watch for my birthday last year. And my goal is to uh, fill my rings every day. So I can't actually sit around and play video games for, 12 hours in a row so we do get out walk the dog a lot whatever it takes to do something other than staring at a ball bouncing on a court it's hard to believe that there's not any out there but uh as soon as espn drops the jordan dock like they need to go ahead and do i'm sure i'll be watching that for 10 straight hours
2: you should live stream an IC five-on-five basketball game man you don't want
4: to get embarrassed I, I i've heard that siegley is that guy at
1: the y if you play him. <laughs> really? Really? Okay. You don't – actually, no, you you do know a couple of guys I, I have played <laughs> basketball with. No, never mind.
4: It's like I'm too old for some young guy to try to, you know, take it too seriously. So I'll stick with playing golf with Buck and Greg and um slow man, old man
1: sport. That's I about do, my extent. I do not take it seriously because I know I suck, so – I mean, all I've been doing is sitting inside, watching TV, and then the wife and I have gone hiking. Hiked uh, six miles on uh, over there at the Eno uh, State Park the other day. So
4: that's it. I look forward to Greg getting some coverage from the coaches. Hopefully that works out. And I look forward to us uh, doing these podcasts. If folks are listening, serious question, if folks are listening, tell us what do you want us to hear us discuss. Uh, We can get Jason Staples involved. He can break down Um, some film and do all that kind of stuff. We can discuss greatest teams, what the football team is going to look like, position by position, whatever you need. Let us know what you guys out there want to hear and we'll get it put together um, because it might be a while before we have some live sports to
1: talk about. Yeah, we've got some ideas too. the coast to coast basketball podcast will be going on later on this week. Uh, I've actually got a super secret squirrel job for EJ and Mike that uh, we've been kicking around a little bit. So I think we, we've definitely got some stuff. I mean, buck, uh, any kind of overarching inside Carolina things that you want to share with the audience before we go ahead and call this one to an end.
3: Not that I want to share. We have been working on some stuff, uh, to, uh, fill in the content void, uh, caused by no spring football. Um, and you know, we've got some good ideas about that. Uh, we'll be rolling those out shortly. Um, so, uh, you know, just stay tuned. I just don't want to, uh, uh, engage in any spoilers at this point. So, uh, we've got some stuff coming and just stay tuned And, and, you know, football recruiting, To some extent, it's going to go on as well. So uh, there is that part of what I see does that uh, if people aren't subscribed to Inside Carolina, they need to make sure that they are so they can get that uh, inside football recruiting info.
1: That's a good place to go ahead and end this podcast, guys. Thanks a lot for joining me. Uh, We will talk again throughout this uncertain time period, but appreciate y'all taking the time on Sunday. And hope that y'all have a good, safe rest of your weekends. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thanks, John. John.
3: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com.
0: Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.